Okay, thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Ceremonies. I'm joined by my co-host, Derek Upright, this week. And this is episode 88. To commemorate episode 88, I have written a parody, a tribute to all of the State of the Arts guests thus far. The parody is to a song by the 1980s new wave band The Nails called 88 Lines About 44 Women that was recorded in 1981 and released in 1984. My parody, 88 Lines About 88 Guests, is a tip of my hat to all the dear friends, all the wonderful people, all the magnificent artists who have been on State of the Arts thus far. This wasn't an easy task, but I have written the entire parody, 88 lines about 88 podcasts. Yes, and Derek is joining me for this wonderful event. Thank you for joining me. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure to be here, but especially for such a commemorative episode. And yeah, I can't believe we've had so many wonderful people here. I've been so honored to... I'm I'm just so excited. I, I I can't find the words. It's just so amazing. This podcast has truly taken on a life of its own, and it's just such a blessing. I didn't expect any of this when I first started it. I didn't even think it was going to last that long. Amazing. No, I think this was just something that you started, you know, during the pandemic. And now that I mean, the pandemic is obviously still going on, but. Yeah, it's really taken on a life of its own for both of us, I think. Yes, it has. I started in 2020, shortly after the lockdown, and it just has grown and it's been snowballing. Interesting facts. I actually looked up about the band The Nails and the song that they had written that I am uh, parodying to. Mark Campbell and David Kaufman of The Nails wrote 88 lines about 44 women in a Manhattan loft. The rhythm track on the song was a pre-programmed track on Kaufman's Casio keyboard. The lyrics written by Campbell describe 44 different women, their habits, and their personalities. Campbell wrote the lyrics to the song and has explained that some of the women referenced in the song are real while some are made up. Much of the song was inspired by women the group had encountered while moving from Boulder, Colorado to New York City. He wrote the full lyrics in two hours on a manual typewriter and the band recorded it the next day. The Nails never produced a music video, though, for 88 Lines About 44 Women. (laughs) That's hard to believe because it is a really popular song. Do they have any other popular songs or were they kind of a one-hit wonder? Um, I... I don't even know if this was necessarily considered a hit. Uh, if anything, I feel like I've heard it before you brought it to my, before you played it for me and Sherry. I feel like in the back of my mind, I know this song. Probably B list. <laughs> no offense to them. <laughs> no, I understand, but you know, I'm, I'm like you, Lee. You know, if there's something obscure out there, I've probably heard of it. <laughs> I love obscure stuff. I think obscure stuff is where the treasures are at. Absolutely. Thinking about this song, I think some of the lyrics are kind of antiquated. There's one line in there that's a racist. Although there is an African-American member of the band 
and he didn't object to it. <laughs> so then I guess it's okay. I, I, I guess so. <laughs> Although, unless maybe it's symbolic. There is a line that Mary was a black girl. I was afraid of girls like that. Maybe, uh, you know, the writer was talking about himself. Maybe he was from a small town, you know, somewhere in the Bible Belt. And this was a big city and he was trying to um, get comfortable with diversity because he didn't grow up with that. So maybe that's what he was saying. So it was a knock on himself rather than being racist. Yeah. Also, I wonder if one of the lines is about a transgender woman possibly when they say Gloria was the last taboo. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah, it is, right? I can't imagine what the last taboo could be except possibly she was transgender. Which is, or it could be bisexuality. Could be. Because um, it was the 80s, you know, I don't know if that was, you know, as accepted as it is now. 30 years later. Gloria's The Last Taboo was shattered by her tongue one night. Next line is, Mimi brought the taboo back and held it up before the light. So, so there were actually two last taboos back to back that this guy was involved with. <laughs> Give me contact information for these guys. I'm getting them on the show. I want to know what that means. <laughs> They might do it. Go for it. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Happy too that I parodied their song. I mean, that's very flattering for artists when they have their songs parodied. <laughs> and, you know, like personally, I think the lyrics are a little TMI. <laughs> but hey, that's just me. <laughs> I don't care what people do with their personal lives, but. Don't get descriptive. <laughs> but that's you, said, you said that um, some of the women were real and some of them were fictitious. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's true. Because if I did my own song, you know, I mean, I wasn't the most worldly person before I settled down with Sherry. So it would be a very short song. It would be like two songs <laughs> about two women. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. I'm bearing my soul for the state of the arts audience. Wow. That was a very raw and real moment. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, I found a lot of parodies to this song. I'm not the first one to do it, unfortunately. I'm not the pioneer. There was um, a song about the Simpsons. So 88 lines about 44 Simpsons. They mentioned Lisa and Bart and Mr. Burns and Marge's sisters. <laughs> you know, the, the bully next door. Going into those, ha ha, I forgot his name. <laughs> That's yeah. Nelson. Nelson, right, right. And there was also 88 lines about 44 presidents where they like go into each one and, um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. There was uh, someone who did it as a project for school, mentioning women in history, like Eleanor Roosevelt, Susan B. Anthony. It's an 88 line, about 44 women, historical women. That one was interesting too. Uh, yeah, there's been quite a few of them made, so I won't be the first one, but that's okay. I, I've written a lot of parodies in my time, all different kinds. 
I've written a COVID parody to Fever by Peggy Lee, a parody about Staten Island, where I'm from, the song Leroy Brown. I've written um, love song parodies to my husband. And I've written two birthday parodies in my lifetime. <laughs> one to my husband and one to an aunt of mine who had turned 60. <laughs> I'd love to hear some of these. Sure. Oh, I wrote a whole bunch of baseball parodies too, back to, back in the day. I would definitely love to hear those. Um, wondering if you wrote anything about the Mets because oh, I can't say it for this year because they're actually doing well, but usually they are a parody. I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> you know, being a diehard Yankees fan. Oh, did I mention I wrote parodies about every team that beat the Yankees in the World Series since 2001? <laughs> Oh, you, you don't have to sing that one for me. That's okay. <laughs> no, I wrote an individual one for each team. <laughs> I don't want to hear about the Diamondbacks. That That's still painful. Ah, it's to Love Shack. It's a, it's a, funky, <laughs> a funky little park. Funky little park. With Bob Brenly singing the meat lead. No, not interested. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> so this is an interesting fact. Parody writing can be traced back to ancient Greek times. The original word, parodia, is a poetic style meant to mock style and structure. Wow. Fascinating. Parodies have been around for thousands of years. <laughs> See, I only go back as far as Weird Al. That, that's... <laughs> But I guess it makes sense, right? Someone writes a song and someone else thinks of some new lyrics to that song. It makes a lot of sense. And who doesn't love Weird Al? He's a legend. Yes. To get him on the show, that would be that, like winning the lottery. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Thank you very much. And my grandfather used to sing a parody to me about Chinese cooking to the national anthem of China. It was very fun and cute. <laughs> uh, was, was it in English or was it in Chinese? It was in Chinese, Cantonese. Cantonese. Our dialect, yeah. Yeah. And um, I always found parody to be a great outlet for creativity before I figured out how to actually write songs of my own. I used to love, love, love writing parody after parody. Now I write parodies on occasions and songs on occasions. Um, and sometimes I just have writer's block. <laughs> but luckily, not for this song. I was able to churn it out. I got better throughout the years to be able to write parodies on command. Yeah, I honestly, when you said you were going to do this, I thought, oh, my God, she's, she's you know, biting off more than she could chew. But, uh, folks, I've heard the song. I've heard her practice it and you're in for a treat at the end of this episode so keep listening do not touch that dial thank you so much Derek I appreciate that that means a lot to me and this song came from my heart because my guests they deserve this tribute they absolutely do they're the most wonderful hard-working creative people I've ever met and I'm just grateful I feel privileged and honored that all of them have been on my show. You included. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, of course. All my guests. <laughs> I love all my guests. 
<laughs> I've actually had, and you know this too, parody writers on my show. Carla Ulbrich. Yes. And the Kaplan brothers. And yes, that was the first episode that I hosted on my own. Yes. So that, that episode is very special to me. And they, they were so generous with their time and they gave such long, eloquent answers. You know, you know, I love guests like that. You know, that makes, you know, the host job so easy. Oh, me too. I love the talkers. Although the quieter ones, I must say, it helps stretch my imagination to come up with new questions. And mm -hmm. I like that. You have too. to think on your feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're a challenge. I enjoy that too. So they both have good qualities about them, the talkers and the quiet ones. Absolutely. Uh, also, we had Carla, right? And Dylan Adler, I believe, writes some parodies as well. Yeah. Oh, Dylan Adler. Oh, he, he was such a treat. He was so generous with, with his time, with his, you know, just being so open about his, his struggles. You know, he talked about his coming out, his, you know, just, you know, being biracial and, you know, his process in, you know, in his creative life. It, it was just wonderful. And, I'll, I'll I'll plug him again. He's all over Brooklyn, and he comes to Manhattan from time to time. If you're in the area, go see Dylan Adler. Lee, you can cut this out if you want, but I am an Adlerite. I'm not going to cut it out. That's fine. <laughs> He's a remarkable entertainer. It's so creative. It just puts on the best shows. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've had several parody writers, and I'm open to have more on my show too. Uh, if you could reach out to Weird Al, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do the best I can. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I've become kind of the Jerry Maguire of the, of this show. I don't know what I'd do without you. <laughs> You're the agent and the co-host. Yes. <laughs> oh, the Capital Steps please reach out to them too. I absolutely love the Capital Steps and I'm sure you probably haven't heard of them. A lot yeah, of I was going to say, I, when you said the Capital Steps, I was thinking of physical steps. I'm like, that's probably, we're going to have to do a lot of work there. They're probably not going to say much. <laughs> so the Capital Steps were a group of interns in Congress in the 80s, I believe, in the 1980s, and they started writing parodies about politicians and about what's going on in Washington and the political world and foreign relations, and they became a success. They all quit their jobs and formed this comedic group. They moved to Washington permanently, and they have their own shows in Washington. That's really interesting. I actually saw them live and they it's they're all parodies. Their work completely political I, parodies. I know what I'm Googling when we finish. Yeah, go for it. I would love to if, even though I could just have one of them on my show. Oh my gosh, that'd be so awesome. I will be screaming. <laughs> yeah, there's no shortage of parody writers out there. It's it's really it, it's an art form of its own. Yeah. And like you said, you know, people should be flattered that, you know, to have their, their songs parodied. I know, I know one story where someone wasn't. The artist Coolio 
um, was apparently not on board with Weird Al's Gangsta's Paradise, um, Amish Paradise, I'm sorry. There was some confusion about whether Weird Al was given permission. He apparently that. wasn't. So Coolio got very upset. But for the most part, um, I agree with you that, you know, people are flattered when, when their songs are parody. That's like a sign that you've made it if a Weird Al or someone else wants to do a parody of your song. I think Madonna actually requested for Weird Al to do like a surgeon to like a virgin. Yeah. Yeah, she actually reached out to him. So. <laughs> but, yeah, I heard about that controversy with Coolio. Weird Al went over his head to the original um, artist with the rights to that song. I think it was a Stevie Wonder. I think that's how he was able to do it legally. That's why um, Amish Paradise exists. Which I think is one of Weird Al's best songs. Me too. I love the video too. Yeah. Absolutely. I should start doing some videos to my own parody. Is That would be interesting. <laughs> As you know, back in my college days and before that, I was the videographer, filmmaker. Maybe I'll get back into that and direct your videos. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Maybe not the baseball ones. It'll get too controversial. Yes, it might end the friendship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone in New York, you don't talk politics, religion, or sports. Absolutely. <laughs> Wow, I'm getting nervous. All this buildup for me to sing my parody at the end of this episode. <laughs> You're going to do great. You're going to do great. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and and before we forget, I just want a, a special shout out because no one's going to know about this unless we bring it up. We had all kinds of audio problems. I want to give a shout out to your husband, Joe, the Apollo to my Rocky for getting this episode up and running. I cannot do any of this without him. I mean, Joe has, is just amazing. My tech guy, my husband, my support. I love you, honey. He disappeared, but he's, he's been <laughs> walking around. He's around here somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Simba's there. That, that's what's most there. important. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get Simba on the show, but I can't figure out how yet because Simba does not speak we need a cat interpreter actually i was thinking about getting a pet groomer on because that's an art form in itself grooming pets mm -hmm. yeah there's a pet grooming place close by i might pop in there oh yeah midnight trim and they keep the head of the hair and they shave the body and the tail and they get this like Oh, that's right. Good idea. So my husband just had a great suggestion. We have these friends who have a bushy cat and they take the cat to a grooming place to get its hair trimmed to look like a lion. Oh, that's cute. Yes, the mane around the head and the rest of the body like sleek. So I could go down to that groomers and ask if they'd like to be on the show. Maybe 
Just don't touch Simba's hair. He's perfect the way he is. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I'm glad I need to relax before I sing the parody now, you know, the big finish, the grand finale. Okay, uh, we have 10 minutes left. I guess it's time. Okay, I'm ready. Oof, I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. I'm here for you. We have an entire audience that's behind you. was a choppy mess. Kelly Cisco speakerphone, Brian Ferry set the tone. Number four all went wrong. Francisco helped me come back strong. Kurt Mende ballroom lecture. Manchin was a yoga treasure. Talking Wesley True Photography, B-Day Special, Hubby Joe, the next one was with Elaine. Twins, Sandy, such a blessing, Sergio, the Tango King, Sharon O, oh, a real expression, Kelly's back now in the spring. Ah, ah. Sidekick champ, Tal the Guru, Queen of Light. BMA turned up the amp. Singer, writer, Mary Sweet. Valerie, new age star. Anthony, a big band treat. It's Mother's Day, Mom, it's come far. Here with Powers Valley shines. Ah, ah, Brandy center stage, Van Zion really crossed the line. School friend Yogi was the rage. Bradley Jacobs brought the pride. A tribute on my father's day. Nori's drawings on the rise. Ricardo's poetry had flair. Sullivan, I met on air. Then Derek joined my podcast team. Billy Little, Diva Prince, Alicia put it all in print. Dijon played gospel drum. Sharon back with brand new fun. Monkey's tribute underway. Summer's head meals warm the day. Ah, ah. Travel blogger friends, Tim Moss brought the perfect blend. 
Carla writes parodies like this. Bonilla is now on the list. Emma, fitness life coach mom, Ruthany, has jewelry charms. Halloween, a horror movie. Awesome boss. She's Lene Mosley. Ah, reception weekend. Uh huh. Ah, all right. Classical guitarist Jacobs, Crystal sang my true love song. Thanksgiving songs were by Robert. One year special, I'm the show. Persian rugs, business lady, Rob Venuti, cafe band, Katniss tattoo pink awareness. Rest in peace, our Broadway man. Jeffrey Brenda Moonshine Group, Graceful Princess and Performer. Next is Neville's Ballet Troupe, Sebastian Cruz Motivates, Husband Co-Host Valentine, Molly Rapper Knows the Play, Joel Bernstein on an Ocean Line. winning sculptor, Martinez Baked Wedding Cakes, Betty White, the saint of laughter, Miss King had me so amazed, Arc Fun Problems, Walker Solves, and Stanley's in the spotlight now, Kaplan Brothers, fellow writers, late James Cagney, take a bow, Toasting Grandma, Mother's Day, I'm so thrilled Michelle agreed, Dave was witty, I must say, Ralph Sawyer, Sun Tzu, and me, Vince Chang was the comic king, Wildfire, Country Tunes, God bless Grandpa earned his ring. Still in stand-up, hear him croon. Boutique owner, teacher Blake. Sarah Harvard made some waves. Josh Berkowitz and cosplay. Adrian, designer way. Annabelle, organic world, nature champion, scientist. Not a single one I've missed. This episode will end the list. Ah, ah, ah. Eighty-eight lines about eighty-eight podcasts. Yes, thank you, everyone. You uh, nailed it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was so much fun. I hope some of you are listening and heard your own name being mentioned. Heard a little tribute to you. Wow, that felt great. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Derek. This was such a great show. Oh, this this was awesome. Thank you, Lee. And I look forward to coming back soon. Yeah, absolutely. We will keep churning them out. Go Sota. Yes. Woo-hoo. I thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of State of the Arts. I encourage all of you to be true to your dreams, stay positive, and stay safe out there. Take care, everyone. <laughs>